Welcome to Punchboard Paradise, coming to you from the heartland of America in Omaha, Nebraska, where we discuss the world of tabletop games, the topics that affect the board game community, and give honest and fair reviews of the industry's hottest games. In episode 34, the Punchboarders talk about some recent plays, talk about what they're excited about at Gen Con, continue with our BGG Top 100 going through number 20 through 11, and finally end with a review of PAX Pamir. Hi everybody, I'm Clef. Hey, I'm Chad. <laughs> and I'm Richie. Let's not talk about how many takes it took me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I think we have a year's worth of blooper reels. Yeah. If we just... We're 10 minutes in. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. You know what? I think that's because you're rusty because you've been away for a little bit. Yeah. You're a little rusty. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which actually, I want to test something here real quick. Can you uh, maybe talk about your your favorite game from last year? Oh, I, I would love to talk about Martin Wallace's... Brass Lancashire. Oh, oh my God, that's that was amazing. That's like the I, that's the best I've ever heard. You yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed. Really that good was really there, good. guys. I was <laughs> wow. Okay, well, okay. So, do you still do you? I mean, are they equal for you, or do you still like the other one better? The oh uh, no, the, I um, I love both of them, but yeah, I really also like Martin Wallace's Brass Birmingham. All right, what's going on here? Wow, <laughs> that is that is amazing. I actually, guys, I I'm actually physically, I'm kind of excited. I've right been now. working. I have been I've been doing some voice lessons and been really working at that. I don't. Wow, I'm very impressed. You you sound smarter. What? He does sound smarter. <laughs> like I would. He sounds. I mean, he sounds pretty erudite right now. I yeah. would. I would. You know, I, I want to play like some yeah. auction games. I'd even play that one that you were talking about with the oh, one that Richie has. Oh. Uh, that one with the wooden bowls. Yeah. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> Even that sounded smarter. That is, that's a turn on. Ooh, whoa. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> wow. I don't, I don't know. I just, I, I could listen to that all day. Yeah. I, I think I might be done for this podcast. Guys. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I can talk any better than this. <laughs> I, that could be. That if very I, well could be. Let's not test this with any other games. All right. All right. Probably well, not. Probably not. Nope. And no designers names either. No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Well, you were in the. You know, he really was. Can we call Minnesota the Great White North? He really was in the He's like close the, to it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, he was yeah, up there. He was, was up there on the border. I was close. Yeah. So I could have met up with some of our Canadian friends up there. You, you know? should have. Well, what happened? Uh, you know, you think it's the Great White North, but Hutchinson, I think, is still probably like five hours away. Oh, it is. Okay. Something like that. It's it's still quite a quite a chunk of time. So is the state? I mean, like I, I hear it this way. Do they really have a state bird, or is it truly the mosquito? Up in Minnesota. Um, let's just say we got in during the middle of the night, and it was like a hundred plus degrees. And the moment you opened up the doors, boom! Mosquitoes just engulfed you. I Ooh. mean, it was bad. Well, they got a lot of lakes up there. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've heard so. like uh, ten thousand or more. Yeah, something like that. That's right. Yeah. So yeah, uh, it was bad. So you know what I did. What'd you do? I stayed inside and played board games the entire time. <laughs> All right. Congratulations. That's good. That's Sounds not, like a good idea. Uh, I've got a brother-in-law up there who plays a lot of board games, and he had some that he'd gotten from Kickstarter, a few games that I had never really heard even all that much about or seen or anything so it was kind of exciting the main game that i want to talk about that we got to play is heroes of land air and sea okay whoa. i've been hearing a lot of the, about this game in the last year or so when we started this podcast if you would have asked me if say that again clef the, the hero, name of the game the heroes 
air of land and sea. No, I don't. I, I think right, there was but... no Brit. There was no British accent this time. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> but I would. You need to go back and practice your I, elocution yes, lessons I, again. Yes, there's certain <laughs> games I practice on. Right? Oh, we've got to get Professor Henry Iggins to work with you on that one. <laughs> well, now what were but you going to we... bet that I what that I couldn't say the name right? What? No, 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 no. That I would have never thought of this title or this type of title would uh-huh. come out of your mouth on this podcast. Well, you know, it's it's one of those things where I I was like, sure, I'll try. You know, I try games as long as it doesn't have the word cooperative in front of it. I'm willing to try it. And it looked cool. However, it was one of those things where at first it was me and him and like one other person. And I was like, okay. And then all of a sudden another person was like, oh, I'll play. And then another person's like, okay, I'll play. And then eventually it was six of us playing this game. Wow. Is that the max player count for that Uh, game? Technically, I guess with one of the expansions, you could actually play it at seven with some extra faction that can be put on the board. Yeah. No way that that's good. uh, Yeah. Well, (laughs) that sounds like playing Caverna at the full player count. Uh, Possibly. (laughs) Well, and then... uh, you know, my brother-in-law, Josh, you know, then he informs me, yeah, I read the rule book maybe three months ago, but I don't really remember it. So then I just had to start reading from the rule book to play this game. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just say by the time this game ended and, it, you know, has certain different triggers or whatever to end it, we read the rules at that point on something that said, okay, and then play one more round. And I was like, oh, uh, no, nope, nope, that's it. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> that's enough for me. <laughs> but I'll say this. I think at a lower player count, maybe three, maybe four, I could see this not being a terrible game. It's very Euro-y. You're basically spending resources to increase uh, like different buildings or increase different, uh, oh, what do you call these, uh, people that you can put out on your board to kind of go exploring. So like you started off, you had serfs and you had warriors and you use those to kind of go and explore. But then you could build, like I said, or, or like advance your tracks on these different buildings that then would allow you to either build sea crafts or aircrafts that let you go explore more or let you uh, build new or cool, like your special people that you could build. Like, uh, like I don't know, you might like a mercenary or a, or a somebody, somebody special that you could have that had different stats or something. So it was really cool. There was no dice or anything. It wasn't like you were randomly rolling dice. You were randomly kind of going out and hitting these little tokens that you had to flip over, which reminded me a lot of uh, Twilight Imperium 3, which was kind of the... Uh, the distant suns that they used to have in, in TI3 where you flip those over. So that, that kind of reminded me of that. Um, you did do battle, but the, the battle was very much like you just had a certain number of, you know, attack points that you would have, and they'd have a certain number of defensive points. And then you could play a couple of like different cards or something that you could do. But like I said, there was no random dice rolls or anything like that. So I kind of enjoyed the game. I thought it was kind of a neat game overstayed its welcome because of you know a learning the game that immediately and playing with six players but it would definitely be a game that i would play again wow what do you think of that richie i i mean i'm i'm impressed and i've actually have thought about picking up this game but i i'm trying to avoid games that are just going to sit on the shelf so now it sounds like i got i, got I, I think you, i think it's time to get yourself in a melatonin state and get this ordered <laughs> all right <laughs> well this is from scott alms and gameland games so i think this is like one of his first big games because it's a huge box game and he's usually done those tiny epic game line things oh yeah okay i didn't even think about that but that's that's right yeah definitely worth and i think for a lot of our listeners if you like a lot a more epic and thematic type of game i definitely think this would be something that'd be right up their alley cool 
All right. So, uh, what'd you he, guys do while I was in the Great White North? Uh, Richie didn't break any legs or anything, right? No, no, arms we didn't go to my house. No. We I went to Richie's house to <laughs> play games, Thank so goodness. we were safe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we got it, but we did bust out a game that we know that you're usually not too fond of. Yeah, and uh, we busted out Fields of Arrow with oh. the Tea and Trade expansion. Is it? That's that right. Yep, that's exactly right. Now wait a minute. I thought that made it the three players or something, or is that something? Different? It can make it to three players, but okay. that's not. Not the most important thing about the game. You can still play it with two or even oh. one with with this expansion. Okay. Right. Yeah. And the tea and trade module adds some really cool things without without making it too complicated. Of course, it helps to have played the game in the last six months, which we hadn't. No. But <laughs> we, so we were still we were we were going through pulling levers, you know, just kind of like I'll take a cow and some. I'm gonna cut some peat. I don't <laughs> yeah, know was... what I'll do with that peat, but I'll just keep it right over here. It was definitely a friendly game of. Fields of Arrow, because we didn't, I mean, <laughs> I had no clue what I was doing for a good chunk of it again, right. <laughs> so I wasn't trying to block, and yeah. we weren't getting mean. We I think just... it, when you did hear an ah, you would look up and be like, oh, oh okay, I blocked you, <laughs> well, all right, because you're just trying to figure out what you were doing, but the, the tea and trade expansion adds some really nice things, so you know how you can do that there's that whole uh of course it's uva so it's worker placement but the, there's that whole upgrade the tool thing so you're good at um at skinning hides or you're good at uh tools that clear off the moors or those kinds of things t can do a couple of things in this so you can spend one t to act as if you've powered up your tool one more further than you have when you take the action so it makes it just slightly more effective you can spend 2T, well, no, excuse me, you can spend a Phrygian T to power it up 2 to the right, so even a little bit further, and that Phrygian T is like kind of upgrades in the game, you know how you upgrade cloth to a coat and that kind of stuff, so if you upgrade the T, which you can get from boats, and I'll talk about that in a second, but if you upgrade that T to Phrygian T, then you can move it two to the right, and then if you spend two Phrygian T, you can double the action. So let's say something lets you cut uh, four peat or get uh, four coats or something like that. Then you would get eight coats if you had spent two Phrygian T. So figuring out how and when to use that T in various ways was kind of a fun little wrinkle to the game. Yeah, I like. I really like what the, uh, especially with the Phrygian T, being able to spend two to double it, you can really set up some big turns that way and you can really get your engine going so and also what you we were about to go into with the boats uh, so now they have where you can buy either a, a cutter a fish cutter which is kind of give you more food throughout the game or a trade boat uh, which you can use to trade with far off lands basically and they kind of work just like vehicles do in the game so you can either load them up uh, with different goods and those goods will upgrade basically flip to the other side be worth more points or you can use them for different actions or if you leave them empty like if you leave the fish cutter empty you'll get food if you leave the trade boat empty you can spend food or other goods to trade with like uh, England and just these uh, different uh, far off places and get tea usually with those but it, it depends on what you're trading with as far as what you'll get uh, but it just gives you another thing to go after so okay so my question to you is i I'm, i was not a big fields of Arrow fan do you think this expansion like the caverna expansion made me like caverna much better will i like this game better because of this expansion no because <laughs> really the only thing you like about the caverna expansion is the player powers right 
Well, I yeah. You like how the like the player cut back powers. On the, it cut back on the buildings in Caverna. Okay, and I liked the playing powers, and I thought it just gave me more of a focus. I mean, that's what I liked about it, as opposed to I don't like that unfocusedness. So, will this give me a better focus? You like how it restricted you a little bit. Sure. Uh, no, this doesn't. It it gives you more options, actually, to be honest, and not in a way that's overwhelming, though. Not in a feast of Odin, feast for Odin way. Yeah, definitely not like feast for Odin. I, but I don't feel like you're that unfocused in this game. You should be working towards buildings. Because that's where you're going to get a, a huge chunk of your points. So if you're doing that, then you should have a plan. But I, I just think that, like, and I, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to speak for you for a second, Clef. But I think that <laughs> the reason that he doesn't like Fields of Arl is there are so many options. And he's just like, give me some restrictions. Give me some, some shackles. And then I can shoot for something rather than, like, here's this whole array of things. And I have to choose some strategy to go down, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm, and it, it's okay. A lot of people speak for me, including on this podcast today. Um, <laughs> oh, I uh, no, I I do. I I think for me, I, I like the shackles a little bit more. Um, so I don't know. I'm willing to give it a shot because you know me. I'll, I'll give it a shot. I, God knows, I just played some game just a few mo- weeks ago that I don't believe I would ever play again. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. So. I just think if you if you are a Fields of Arl fan, it's a great expansion for a few reasons. A, you can add that third player. I have not played. We we have not played with a third player. Richie's even played a solo game, I think, a while ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. Played it a couple times solo. It, yeah, it plays great solo. Uh, it, it definitely needs an insert. So the setup and teardown of that is a beast. I but. feel like that's true for a bunch of uh, Rosenberg games. But yes, yeah. I, I agree with you there. But Honestly, I just I I think that if you like Fields of Arl, this expansion is a no-brainer. It really just adds to the life of the game. There are more decisions to make, more paths to go down, and more ways to make you feel clever when you do chain those that trade together or the T actions together. It just it feels good. And we didn't talk about it, but there are other buildings that synergize with the new actions you're getting to, and those are great as well. Definitely, if you own the game, I would pick it up it would, and i i really can't see myself not playing with it even if i'm teaching someone new that game is already past next step to where if I, whoever i'm teaching they should be able to handle the expansion as well exactly i totally agree with that and a bonus is that you have like a 46 page book about the history of arl and t so there you go that goes straight Ooh-wee. into the garbage <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, let's get into our Gen Con preview. Oh, guys, are you excited about going to Gen Con next week? Shut up. Shut I am up. excited for you to go to Gen Con. Oh, yeah, I am. Well, you're gonna, picking up some stuff. You're going to pick up some stuff for us. <laughs> yeah, you're going to pick up some stuff for us. Richie and I, by the way, we're going to... Well, Richie's going to make an appearance, maybe, if he can... <laughs> if I can convince the wife to let me out of the house to play board games and teach board games on our anniversary. Isn't it romantic? <laughs> you can do that. Just an anniversary? Yeah. What, what I mean, number it's, is it? Put me on the spot, huh? Oh, man. 11. It's okay. our 11. Oh, see, 11. It's nothing. not even important. Yeah, it's not yeah. important. Yeah, nope. That's Come not on. paper. That's not. Yeah. That's not. That's aluminum foil, Tell her I you'll think. you'll do something special at the 15 year. You'll <laughs> yeah. be fine. Yeah. Besides that, you, well, anyway, we are going to be at the game shop for our local listeners. We'll be at the game shop in Omaha demoing some games and uh, giving away some stuff. Maybe so. Stop on by if you're doing that. So we'll be at Gen Can't, but uh, we're excited for you to pick up some stuff for us, Clefster. 
I'm. <laughs> well, is that not your 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 board game geek handle? Uh, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm excited to get to Gen Con. So uh, let's do it, Chad. What do you want me to get? What are you excited about? Well, very, very, very top of my list is a game by Ian O'Toole and. No, I'm sorry. He did the art. Black Angel. <laughs> uh, Black Angel is from Pearl Games, and uh, the designer is Sebastian Dujardin, Xavier Georges, and Alain Orban. And uh, this is kind of a retooling of Trois in a little bit, in, in, a, in a few ways. It looks like it's a little bit streamlined, but also adds some of the mechanisms from the Pearl Games new game, Selenia, with that sort of forward progress of motion where you're moving the board, but it's got a lot of dice placement, and heck yeah, I'm, I'm totally interested. The, even the spaceship theme has me a little bit, and I know you'll be really excited about that, but that's, that's top of my list there. Right. What else you got? Well, I also have... You picking up, and we kind of talked about it, so I won't go into extreme detail, but I have you picking up for me uh, Sierra West and the Teotihuacan late pre-classic period expansion from Boards and Dice. So I'm excited that about that. that word expansion there. Yeah. I know. <laughs> All right. Very good. All right. Well, Richie, do you got anything that's on the hot list? Well, you are picking up brew crafters for me. I did track down. That's <laughs> <Yes>. a... <laughs> not a hot, but it's that. still a good game. Hey, it's got the uh, the insert in it. Oh, that's see, that's I, essential. That's why that's I bid hot. on it. All right. Uh, but as far as new games go, I have uh, Imperial Settlers: Empires of the North. Now, uh, Z uh, from the Dice Tower claims that this is an Imperial Settlers killer. No, he did not. He did. He well, likes it more but he didn't say a killer if you watch the whole review he said it kills it <gasps> at the end well maybe maybe i'll like it probably not it. no portal games no never mind portal <laughs> games ignasi uh trevor Tech is the designer and in this you you have um it it sounds like because I've, I've only kind of watched a little bit of it but it it sounds like you're going to be able to kind of travel out further you're going to be on boats it seems like thematically it makes more sense uh you'll you'll also you'll still have factions in there but they'll have uh six pre-constructed decks which is actually something i'm excited about because although it was fun building decks for imperial settlers i mean i don't i, I just don't think i'm that good at it so <laughs> most of my decks are a little unbalanced don't really work that well so hopefully these pre-constructed decks uh work better uh, but it still s seems like it's the same kind of cutthroat nature and uh, right up my alley so imperial settlers empires of the north you'll be bringing home to me yeah i can do that for you what about you cluster are you getting anything for yourself we all know this, but I'm still going to continue to say I'm, I'm getting a copy of City of the Big Shoulders. And, I mean, that is my go-to 100% game. That's the first time I think he uh, said it right, actually. Yeah, yeah I think so. All right. That's good. All right. And uh, I, I'm excited to grab a co copy of Watergate from Capstone. Oh, yeah. That's, that's on my list, that's too. That's going to be awesome. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of small things. Uh, there is an expansion for Decrypto coming out. Which I'm not really sure. I, I haven't really looked at it to see if it changes the game or is it just new words? Is, have you guys checked that out at all? I, I looked at it and it actually says also on its listing that it's number one. So that implies that there are other ones. So I, I, I think what I've seen from it, each each round you're going to draw a category card like 
like movie titles or things that begin with A or something like that. And then the clues are you're going to give to the teammate have to match that category. And so then if you get all three of the clues that you give to your teammates to match that category, you're going to get a laser token. And when you get two of the laser tokens, you get to guess one of your team's hidden words. And then if you guess correctly, you're going to get a white token because you, you know, like, like you do, you intercepted their info and getting, you know, just like normal, you get two white tokens, you win the game. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So it's just kind of a wrinkle in the game. I think you yeah. add a, add I'll a, definitely, yeah, yeah, I'll pick that up and check it out. Looking forward still to picking up, uh, era, the one that we got to play yes. at origins. Yeah. Uh, so that, that I'm kind of excited about that. Um, otherwise, I think I just have some that I'm kind of excited to demo. Oh, yeah. There are some good demos. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a couple of good looking things. Well, there was a, uh, well, their code name for it or, or at least working title is Marco Polo 2 that they're going to be doing. Oh, some. yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, yep. And then um, I'm getting I'm getting pretty lucky here. Uh, we got a, uh, what do you call those things? The tweets or the, you know. Tweety things from yep. uh, our buddy yep. uh, Jason Dinger, and he asked if I'd be interested in doing a little play testing of his uh, new game Crescent City Cargo. And uh, yes, I believe my I think I said hell yeah or something like that. Yeah, because, because of I'm Captains of the Gulf is yeah, absolutely a I'm great very game from last year. To see a new game from Jason, so I get to do that. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, so, I mean, really, I think those are the biggest things that I'm looking forward to seeing at Gen Con. Um, on that note, anybody who's at Gen Con that wants to come by, though, and say hi to me, I would love to talk to anybody. I'm going to be at the Capstone booth from 10 to 2 every single day. So Thursday through Sunday, I'm going to be there. So please come by, come check out, you know, Capstone's new games and come by and say hi. I'd love to talk to anybody. Also, if you want to meet up, you can always like regularly, you can shoot us an email at punchboardparadise at gmail.com. You can hit us up on our Facebook group. You can contact us through message on Instagram at Punchboard Paradise, or you can even find us on our Twitter feed at Punchboarders. So those are ways to contact us too if you want to meet up and you can't do those times. Clef would love to to see you. It's it's really fun to meet up with our listeners and just get just meet new people in game. Well, is there anything else that we want to talk about, Gen Con? Yeah, I mean there were just a couple more on on my list. I'm not going to go into too much detail with these, but I I am looking forward to. I'd like. I'd like you to get a look at Imperial Spells and Steam from Level 99 Games because it's a pickup and deliver kind of like Railways of the World, but with magic kind of involved. It's got some magic powers and stuff. It just, I don't know, but it looks interesting. It looks interesting to me. All right. And that is from uh, <laughs> what? Close face. Who's right. this for? This is for me. And it, okay. And it looks interesting. And it's from, it's by Trey Chambers, who, who did Argent, who, which we like. Yeah. 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 So. So anyway, that's you're, that's you're, you're one. getting deep into train games, aren't you? I like train games. <laughs> that's going to be my birthday, guys. I hope you're ready for it. So we're playing train games. Uh, and the other one, it's a limited release. It's Carl Chuddick's Aegean Sea. And before our a, listeners a get Aegean Sea, like yes. in the malls, no, not like, like where you go buy no, not like protein powder Aegean Sea. Oh, okay. It's like <laughs> the sea. 
a body of water, the, sea, the Aegean like, Sea. Oh, the Aegean oh, Sea, oh, yes. The Aegean Sea. Not like okay. I just stopped by the Aegean Sea. <laughs> no, not like that. Give me my protein shake. Yeah. <laughs> it's Carl Chuddick, man, and it's a limited release from Asmati Games. So, I, Clef, I want you to check that out for me because uh, I, I don't like that bear game, whatever it was that he put out. But bear Valley? Yeah, no, no. But I, I like some Carl Chuddick, so... I definitely yeah, want to. Is see it actually control? for sale there? Carl yeah, limited, limited release. release. Well, you better. That's how they get you to spend your money. You better limitedly exactly get right. me there with some money to buy this thing. So. <laughs> well, I will limitedly do that. Okay. All right. Well, hey guys, are we ready to continue on with our BGG top 100 list? Let's yeah, do it. let's do it. Let's start in with number 20. We've got Viticulture, the Essentials Edition. Essential Edition. I think this is confusing. I'll, I'll just say it right I don't know here. Which yeah, one is it which. is. I mean, I, I appreciate that Jamie refined his game. Jamie, Jamie Stegmeyer, we're talking about. Uh, but uh, it, it is confusing how many versions are out there of this game. But he's got it right now. I, I think with this and the Tuscany Essential Edition. Sure. That's what all is you need. What? <laughs> I mean, I and I, I have the original, so I really don't know like what they took. And I play with the extended board structures, properties, mamas, and the papas. I think that's all I play with. Yes, and I will say the one thing the essentials edition doesn't have from that is the new board. And so that's why it's funny because you, you'll meet in the Facebook groups and BGG online. People are like, yeah, I just got Viticulture. And everybody's like, great. Now get Tuscany. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and they're like, well, no, I, I can play it with this. Right. And you're like, no, no just get Tuscany. <laughs> and I, I'm sorry, Jamie. J- even Jamie's like, don't tell people that, you know, that's you, they have all this other stuff. No, the new board is what makes that game so yeah, great. So yeah. much better. Yep. Agreed. But we love that game with the new board. Oh, definitely. Oh, oh and the uh, the advanced visitors are are also get thrown in just because you know more visitors. Whatnot. Sure, there are a bunch of cards. You know, I, I have uh, the Rhine Valley ones and stuff, which uh, I think that one was uh, from Rosenberg, actually. Yeah, you helped with it. Yep. And then there 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 are cards that make it so that you have to have to actually make wine to right. yeah. to, to win the game, which is which is nice. It's just fun to have all those cards. You you can really switch it up. All right, let's go on and number nineteen. A classic, Puerto Rico. I just got to play this again here recently, the deluxified version, the anniversary Ooh. nice one. Was that Ryan's copy? Uh, no, that's Dan. Dan Smith has that copy. Oh, Dan yeah. has that copy. Okay. And uh, he brought that over, and I had been telling him for a while, it's been so long since I played it, I didn't remember it all that well. So we got a little three-player game in and of it, and... I really like it. I mean, it's it's cutthroat. It's mean. It's very player interactive. I mean, you really got to be on your toes with that shipping to those boats. I mean, yep. you've got to watch yourself really close. And then, obviously, you're trying to get to those different buildings and stuff. I mean, there's a reason this is a classic. This is Andreas Seifarth, right? Yeah. Okay, guys. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Andreas, Andreas I don't know why part. you ever look at Richie and I when you say <laughs> this. Okay. Anyway, that's who does it. And Robinsberger, I believe, Aaliyah and Robinsberger is the game. I, I am really sad to admit this, but this is a blank spot on my oh, my really? gaming what? education. Yeah, I've never played Puerto well, Rico. Play I played San Juan, but I've never played Puerto Rico. Now, my sad thing that I have to admit is I have played Puerto Rico uh, several times and I own it. 
but I've never played the physical copy of the game. Oh my oh. gosh! And it's just sitting in my See, closet. I couldn't so. do that. I I will play this. I want to play it. I the only thing my only reservation is that like you know how they say if you make the wrong move with with really good people that that's not us. Yeah. Okay. So, good. Because yeah. I was I have, worried that Clef would 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 yell and then Richie would throw chits at me. Well, and I so, mean that still might happen. But, yeah. yeah that well, could still okay. happen. Hey, but with the expansion, bit. you you avoid that because uh, the the setup is going to be different. So. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, Arkham Horror, the card game, is next at 18, right? I'll just go to sleep here while you guys talk about this. <laughs> this is Cthulhu, so I am out. But, Richie, you Hi, own Richie, this. Richie, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I own this and have played it. And actually, uh, uh, Richard, one of our listeners, one of our local listeners, uh, actually got me a bunch of the uh, decks because he was my secret Santa for this past Christmas. Uh, but, yeah, it's a solid game. This is actually a game where I would honestly say it's best at one. I really only want to play it solo. I don't want to play it two-player. I think it drags a little bit too long when you play with two. So you have played it at two then? Yes, just once with uh, Jessica. But yeah, I just prefer it solo. You go through the story. It's quick. You you know probably take you, I mean, most of the scenarios probably take you about an hour or so. But yeah, I think it's just perfect. It's a perfect solo game that I don't really want to play with anyone else. What do you like about it? Uh at solo what's what's engaging for you is it the story is it what you're doing is it both what both i mean the story's good the stories are pretty good in there if you like cthulhu if you don't like cthulhu then you know you don't need and just don't even buy this if you don't like cthulhu okay so yeah chad's out yeah uh so i don't like solo i'm out yep you don't like solo and if you played it with another person it's cooperative so you're out. I'm double out. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, uh, and it's been a little bit since I've played. But you, you, you have your little deck that you're trying to run through, and you're trying to get through the different rooms of. It depends on the scenario, but in the the very first scenario, you're in a house. You're trying to go up to the attic. Uh, spoiler, sorry, because <laughs> I will say though that it's an expensive game if you're going to get into it. Because once you go through a scenario, there's really nothing left for you to go through. You can play through it again. And like the first scenario, you're probably going to play through a bunch. Like if you are going to play it at two player or if you get a second uh, core set, you can play it at four player or up to four player, uh, which I mean, every time I've seen that, it looks like the games go like four to five hours, which is just way too long. Well, I won't belabor the point, but do you like making, I mean, because this is like Lord of the Rings, right? Do you make your own decks? Do you like making your own decks? As you go through, like if you do a campaign, as you go through the campaign, you can upgrade your deck, essentially. And that I do enjoy. So yes, I would I would say if you're kind of into that type of thing, then this is, like I said, a perfect solo game. If you got time, you can play with more. See, now that, that word sounds interesting to me. Like upgrading your deck is different from building your deck. It's kind of like upgrading your, your powers or something like that that sounds cool i like that and there are like i i believe just like with like uh, netrunner they have like where you can go online and they have like all the cards in there you can kind of create decks because you can build a deck to like do one shots different things like that but if you're going to play through the campaign you will slowly increase the power of your deck as you go through the different campaigns all right well i mean i don't like cthulhu but well, I guess I can say if you liked playing it with two, I would like to play it with you, but I guess I'll just watch you sometime or something. Yeah, yeah you can do that. I like that idea. <laughs> All right. Well, that is Arkham Horror, the card game from designers Nate French and Matthew Newman and Fantasy Fight Games. Huh? Sorry. I was taking a little nap there. Um, all right. Oh, quick. <clears throat> Second, let me get my ready. And number 17 is Martin Wallace's Brass 
Birmingham. Jeez, that I'll is. Tell you wow. what, I'm serious. That's romantic. <laughs> That's good, huh? That is romantic. That's like the wind through my hair. And <laughs> okay. Oh, now we can talk about the game. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, amazing, great, stupendous, one of the best games of all time, <laughs> and I love it. And I'll play it. And I'll play it. And I'll play it. <laughs> and I'll play it. And this is not just Martin Wallace. This is also uh, Gavin Brown and Matt Tolman. Yeah, they yeah. helped. They helped kind of re-implement it based on some different stuff. And because because beer, you know, it's yeah. got a lot of beer in it, and you got to have beer to do a lot of stuff in it. <laughs> um, that's pretty much the theme of the game. Yeah, it, they did it, a great job. Roxley did just you know bringing back the original and you know and then kind of I would say improving on. With yeah. this, with this production, it's, it's, but it's not far off. I mean, yeah. they're, they're about the same. There used to be a point where I used to say I liked Birmingham better than uh, Brass Lancashire. Sorry, you're gonna have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but I'm at the point whew. right now where both of them are just. I mean, they're there together. I lo- there's I I I love the original and I love the the new implementation. They're just amazing games, and I, mean, I just can't say enough about them. You, know uh, you rated it a ten. We're looking at your at your stuff here on the screen. Yeah, you 100%. rated this a ten. How many games have you rated a ten? Do you think? Uh, maybe three or four. Oh, uh, there are very few games that I rate a flat out ten. All right. Well, that is Brass Birmingham from Roxley Games. Moving on, let's go down to a game that Clef you kickstarted. It is number sixteen. You you got two Kickstarters, yeah. if, I, if I believe. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> is that right. correct? Number sixteen, the seventh continent. Uh, yeah, I kickstarted this game because I thought it would be fun to play with my boys. I thought they would get into this and enjoy it. Yeah, because you love cooperative adventure games. I I understand it's not for me. Okay, <laughs> it was because you know I'm you know my boys are growing up and I'm trying to you know keep some of that. Yep, and then you threw that all out and yeah, promptly sold that, the game. Yeah. <laughs> that motion <laughs> did, did not work. Don't worry about it. Okay? <laughs> and then I sold it, and then I forgot. Well, I knew I sold it, but I had forgotten that the Kickstarter, like when whatever pledge I did, got me like some extra uh, uh, expansion or whatever. So then that came in the mail a couple of weeks ago, and now I have a expansion to a game that I've sold. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, because this is an adventure game, and the, it's, it's sort of almost, I won't say escape game, but it's kind of like mystery solving in that way that the unlock games are, and you're looking at cards for clues and that sort of thing. But Clef, I have... And this is not, we're not doing games this, this episode, I know. But you guys, I have a trivia question for you based around this one right now. Can you name the game that these authors, or these designers, excuse me, are spiel winners for? These guys have won the spiel de jar. Can you it, tell us who it, those guys are first? Yes, I will. <laughs> the designers of this game, The Seventh Continent, uh, publisher is Serious Pulp. The designers are Ludovic Rowdy and Bruno Sauter. Can you mm. name what game they have won the spiel de jar for? That did not help me at all. Did it help you? Uh, you know everybody at home right now who's listening is totally shouting out the name. I guarantee Jake is because he knows every single thing about. <laughs> give things. me, give me one more um, hint. Like, cooperative. Uh, give me another hint. <laughs> no. Oh, hold on. How hold about on. the first letter? How about recent? Oh, exit. Escape or exit. Gloomhaven. Just one. 
just one, people. They just won with oh, just, just one. one. <laughs> oh. So isn't that crazy, though? This is not a game that you would say, oh, yeah, these designers did this. So both cooperative games, but still, I think that's kind of cool. Hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Let's, we are going to move, gonna move down 15. to number 15 with Spirit Island. I uh, have not played it. Uh, me either. That makes three of us. Ooh, gosh. I, I feel that. bad yeah. because I've heard that this is actually a, a really good game, even for those people that don't like cooperative games because it's heavy enough that there's not a lot of quarterbacking in. I, I remember back when there used to be this podcast called The Deep End that uh, I remember um, the host, whose name I'm totally drawing a blank on right now. Wiggins? Uh, Joe, yeah, Wiggins. Joe Wiggins. He actually said he liked it. And I was like, wow, that yeah. just blows my mind. Um, I know our local listener, Jake, he likes this game quite a bit. Yeah, he has promised to teach it to me because he says that, uh, I guess the designer, R. Eric Roos, uh, is has designed a really great game and and again they've gone on to kickstarter for an expansion that is that has since passed too but the greater than games publisher has has kind of caught lightning in a bottle with this game because they really have found something that's kind of heavy but doesn't go too long and everybody is doing their own thing with their own player power and trying to figure out how to get the settlers off the island because it's sort of the reverse right you're these gods that live on the island or these powers that live on the island that want the settlers or the colonialists to get off basically it's the obvious it's the opposite from settlers of Catan. i mean i think i'd be willing to give it a shot I mean, yeah i would definitely try not you know, I may not be a big fan of co-ops, but you know, every once in a while, I've I've played just one and don't mind that game. Yeah, that's but, true. Know, it's granted, it's just a quick party game. <laughs> I, like but I am surprised about. I will say uh, a diversion. I will say I'm surprised because you got that game and I got Trap Words, and I thought how you know just one. It doesn't look like there's even that much to it, but for some reason, and uh, honestly, I will say real quick, the Secret Cabal. On their podcast, they talked about it recently, and they're right because every round allows you to feel clever. If you get the clue and you're the one guessing, you can feel clever. And if you give a clue, you're going to feel clever too. So you, everybody gets to feel clever as opposed to code names sometimes where you, you can't make that connection sometimes and you don't always feel clever. Ooh, I, a lot of times don't feel clever in code names. <laughs> <laughs> All right, excellent. Well, let's move on and head down to number 14 with Seven Wonders Duel. I think we've all played it. Absolutely. Definitely. This is one of my this is one of my favorite two player games. I don't get to play it enough, but this is one of my favorite two player games. And I will say that I like it much better than the predecessor, Seven Wonders. I think I said in the uh, earlier in the list that I have not played the predecessor. I've only played mm. this version. Yeah, that's so weird to me. Yeah. I know, yeah, it is odd. I would not go as far to say I think it's better than the predecessor i mean i enjoy they they both have their worlds i think i've outgrown seven wonders where yet i still feel like seven wonders duel still has a game in there for me that i'd still enjoy playing you're talking about seven wonders duel yeah i I still enjoy seven wonders duel where seven wonders is kind of just i've just outgrown it you know Well, and even even more than that you probably have played seven wonders more than seven wonders duel so you've outplayed it probably because when we first i I remember when we first got seven wonders my wife and my son mason and i would play it once or twice maybe three times a night you know there for a while i mean we were playing it all the time so yeah but yeah i would agree i think i like seven wonders duel a little bit better but not not a 
ton necessarily. And this is from Repost Productions, and the designers are Antoine Bauza and Bruna Catala, which, you know, that's kind of a heavyweight team in my opinion. But would you guys both say, having played it, would you guys say, is the expansion a must? No. It's not a must. I mean, I I don't know why I wouldn't play without it. But I mean, except if I just don't want to go through the setup time for it. No, I would, in fact, if I'm playing with somebody new, I don't even bother with the with the expansion, and mm. I still find the game still to be just fine. I like to have the other option of where you you don't get into a situation where I have to do this. See, but you know I like putting somebody in that situation. I mean, that's part of that game yeah. is looking at those options, and I actually think the expansion lets the people out of those a little bit. It easier. definitely does. It definitely does. Um, I, I will definitely say no, and I'm even going to go as far as to say is I don't mind playing without the expansion still. I still think the base game is still very solid. Interesting. Okay. I could go I could go either way. I haven't played the expansion enough to make a decision, but it, I do hear some people say, like, you know, where you have to take that card sometimes, the expansion lets you make some other decisions. So let's let's move on to this is a big one. Number thirteen, the castles of Burgundy. Ooh, I'd never heard of this one. Is this any good? <laughs> pretty, <laughs> pretty. You rated oh, really it at nine point three. <laughs> pretty. You know what's infuriating is that the new anniversary edition, same art. They didn't change the art at all. You are flipping kidding me. No. Exact same art. All right, I'm going to take a nap while you guys argue about the art of this amazingly <laughs> great game. It is a fantastic game. Fantastic. How do you not yeah, change the art, though? Come on. Oh, yeah, you, they have the fancy box, but then, I mean, unless I've just seen the wrong picture, but, the, you know, they upgraded, or the, I wouldn't say they upgraded the art. They changed the art of the box, so you would think they would change the art on the inside. You're positive. I, I could be wrong. But uh, right. the, the pictures that I've seen so far, it's the exact same art. And Clef, don't roll your amazing... eyes. If, look, if you're going to do an anniversary edition of this game and everybody has talked about it and all other things being equal, you pay a little bit more to get the art changed. Sure. I, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> My edition I have is just fine. I don't need another edition. I mean, which I agree. I, 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 and I have all the expansions for it anyway so i i was not planning on buying the new one but let's let's talk about a little bit about the gameplay of this game because it is it's it's feld's, feld's best game it i don't like game. to i think elegant is overused but this game has that it, elegant is a great word for this game i mean just everything is just so amazing and the moment that you hit that you take this tile and it combos into this tile and you hit this tile with that combo. It is so, those warm, fuzzy feelings mm -hmm. of just, oh, look what I just did. Yep. I just scored 30 points. You know, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, yeah, I've seen so that much. when you've just gotten so excited by mm. being into sheep and it's... Yeah, yeah. oh, give me, oh, <laughs> woo, farming some sheep. <laughs> oh, we better move on. <laughs> well, that is Castles of Burgundy from Stefan Feld and Robinsberger Alea Games. All right, so number 12. 12, War of the Ring. This is definitely one of Clef's favorite games of all time. Well, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> the Lord <laughs> it of the is a good movie. Yeah. I'll uh, actually agree with this one over uh, Euro Trip. Hey, Euro Trip's a good movie. Oh, I don't my care. Lord. You guys <laughs> okay, let's uh, move on. you got to put a poll up on our guild. Most people aren't even going to know what you're Three, talking two, about. Two, yeah, two, seven. Right. Thank you. And tell me whether or not you liked Euro Trip. <laughs> 
It's got Matt Damon in it. Okay. But- oh, that is not. Can we talk about the 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 game where or the movie? Excuse me, where Matt Damon is fighting off lizards from the Great Wall of China. Matt Damon's in there. Yeah, he in- is. But it's small. But like Matt Damon does not make a great movie because he has made some crappy movies. But Matt Damon has made some amazing movies, and Eurotrip I- is one of them. Oh my lord! <laughs> All right, so War of the Ring Second Edition, which is from Ares Games. I believe, and the designers are the designers are Roberto Demiglio, Marco Maggi, and Francesco Nepitello. Have you guys played this game? Uh, I think no. this is the second time it's been on the list, right? Isn't this is the yeah? This is the second. Oh, yeah, edition. Remember, second edition. we haven't. I think you said you played it with Bryce. Or yeah, I have, right. and I you think I played the second edition. Yeah, I quite liked it, but again, it's a war game with all these edge case rules, and so I did sell my copy because I just was like, I'm not going to play this often enough to justify going through the 70 page rule book every time I break it out. Um, it is, it is fantastic in its implementation of the story. So if you had a group where you played that game a lot, I can see how it would be really great. But for me, it wasn't because I, I, we just play too many new games and with this group, it wasn't going to get played a lot. Although I think once in a while, like a Twilight Imperium, Clef, if I were to break it out with you and have a really smooth teach, you would probably enjoy the day that we played it. But just because you like the story, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of Twilight Imperium, oh, second. number eleven is Twilight Imperium Fourth Edition, which we have all played together. Yeah, we yeah, all we did. This. That's right. That so your birthday. One of your birthdays. Yeah, I don't think that was a birthday. Was that not a birthday? We just, just did it. I think that was just a, I'm going to get you guys to play this game, you know, just so you hadn't okay. played it. Um, I'll tell you this much. Streamline. Much more streamlined than the third edition. So you can legitimately fi- finish a six-player game in somewhere between six and eight hours as opposed to eight to ten hours. I'm not talking it's not fast. Don't, don't get me wrong. I, I still enjoy the game. It is still a fun game to play. Um, it's just not one that's going to come out very often anymore. I think, did you say that you are done playing with new people? You think? Yeah. Yeah. I, for sure. I don't want to teach it. That's no. That's, thing, I, I enjoyed it. I, <laughs> at this point I would have to relearn it and I don't think I want to relearn it. Yeah. So no, I would, I, I wouldn't want to reteach you. So I think yeah. we're, we're good there. And, uh, I, I think we're done. All right. Well, that was our BGG <laughs> top 120 through 11. All right, so Chad, you've played how many of them? Uh, I have played eight, I believe. All right. Oh, no, sorry, seven. Okay. Nope, six. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right, you never played Puerto Rico. That's right. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, uh, Richie? And seven for me. And I'm also at seven. And uh, Chad, what is your favorite out of this ten? This is really tough for me because... 17 and 10 are, or excuse me, 17 and I think it was 12 are really, really tight for me. Oh, it's 13, sorry. <laughs> 17 and 13. Uh, I was going to say. Yeah. And the they don't even know tight. what we're talking about. But uh, I really like Brass Birmingham, but I also really like Castles of Burgundy. And I, I think I picked, here. here's the thing. I picked Brass Lancashire already. In a previous list, so I'm just gonna say Castles of Burgundy for this one because I I just I really like that game. I get that game played more than Brass Birmingham in the groups that I play in, so I'll go with that. All right, incorrect. All right, Richie, what is the best <laughs> out of this ten? 
Um, it, it comes down to Brass Birmingham or Viticulture for me. Uh, with my new top 100, it's Brass Birmingham. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely 100%. Brass Birmingham. And now that I say it so eloquently, it's even better. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I have a feeling that, uh, you know, I, well, we're going to do some more elocution lessons with you because I think that's going to be good. We need whoa, to. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> no, you don't think so? I'm doing all the editing here. What are we talking about? <laughs> editing? What are you talking about? This is me talking. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't uh, need sorry. to edit anything. Yeah, I can't wait till Stop. we get to PAX yeah. premiere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, hey, you know what this means, though? That is 20 through 11. So next time, we will finish with the top 10. Of BGG. Wow. Yeah. What are we going to do afterwards? I don't know. We'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll just go start at the very end. <laughs> what is the very Whoa. end? Page, yeah, okay, I played a game. I, I want to tell you. These. <laughs> I played I played a game. I played a game that's probably at the very end today with my father-in-law and nine-year-old, which is pick-up sticks. So <laughs> 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 it is on Board Game Geek, but I don't know. We could read like 200 games at the end and go, I played none of those. Yep. Yeah, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably how we'll go. <laughs> All right. Now it's time for something completely different. It is time for our feature review. I'm really excited about this one. Pax. Uh... You did that already. Move on. Oh. <laughs> Pax Pamir. We're going to go into the rules, and I'm kind of going to give a high overview of the rules because they're, while the game is actually a pretty straightforward tableau builder, there's a lot of little rules that can kind of mess people up. So in packs, like I said, it's actually pretty straightforward. On your turn, you're going to have two actions. And most of the time, those actions that you're going to be taking are the ones that are built in, which are purchase and play. Uh, purchasing is uh, pretty straightforward. So you, there was a central market where you can purchase new cards from. Those will go into your hand. And then later on, you will be playing those cards down to your court or your tableau. And when you play those cards, they will have uh, different impact icons that will place uh, pieces out onto the board. So you'll have roads, armies, spies, tribes, uh, and then even some of them will give you money or bring money into the game. Also, when you play these cards, they will give you access to other actions that are built into these cards. Uh, and most of these actions will allow you to mess with the other players at the table and mess with the, the, the game pieces that are on the board. And through all this, what you're trying to do is there are what they call dominance checks cards in that in the uh, market deck that will come out periodically through the game. There's four total in the game, and after the fourth one is resolved, the game is over. So when these dominance checks come out, you're going to check to see if any single coalition is dominant on the board. If there is a coalition that is dominant on the board and, and to be considered dominant, they have to have four more pieces out than all other factions. If there is a dominant coalition, then you are going to check amongst the players that are loyal to that faction and whoever has the most influence points will score five points, second place will score three, and last place will score one point. If Afghanistan is still fragmented and there is no dominant coalition, then you're going to check to see who has the most cylinders out on the board. Uh, that player will score three points, and second place will score one point. And that's really it. If you understand that, that's how you win the game. After, like I said, if after a dominance check, there is a single player that is up four points, 
more than all other players, they will immediately win the game. Uh, if that is not the case, then you will keep playing until you resolve another dominance check, do the same thing. Uh, and if we, if you get to the fourth dominance check and still no one has jumped out ahead, then whoever has the most points at the end will win. Uh, and one thing you want to keep in mind, in the last dominance check, the points are double. That's really it. Let's go ahead and get into this and we'll yeah. talk about arts and components. That sounds good to me. All right. Clef, what do you think about the arts and components? Different is the first word I would say. Because for first thing, the board is a cloth board. Yeah, that that's, is, that's you know, a first you, for me. Yeah, when you kind of look at that, you're like, okay, that's that's different than what I'm used to. Uh, you know, it's got those nice heavy resin pieces that are, that are really nice. And then... The cards are solid, uh, nice, nice finish. Uh, overall, I mean, different but good. I mean, I I think it's very playable, and I think all the iconography is very solid. I mean, I understand once you understand the game. Now, don't get me wrong, and we'll talk about this here in a little bit. I mean, it's there's a lot of stuff to learn in this game, but once you understand it, very understandable. And I think they did a good job with the iconography. Chad, what about you? What do you think? It all ties into theme. The cloth board is thematic. It is kind of it it kind of suggests a game or a textile game that might originate from this time period or the sort of arts and crafts. There is a crafts card in this game. It ties into that. The resin, I think, there's a reason it's not necessarily, you know, sort of a a plastic mini of an army. The resin is meant to suggest a timeless game you know, of armies marching across. The cylinders are generic, but suggest these tribes, right? The art that he has used on the card is from historical sources. So all of these things tie into the theme. It's a highly thematic game, in my opinion, and the production of the game is supported by that and i applaud it now not everybody can get these wonderful coins that richie had in his edition but that is another thing that makes it a little bit more thematic and i, th I think they are reprinting the coins I, I know they are sold out right now but i think they are going to reprint them but I, I, yeah the game's beautiful absolutely beautiful and it is a something that when you set it up on the table people are going to walk by and they're going to stop and ask you what you're playing for sure because uh, like Clef said, it's, it's different. You don't you don't see many games that look like this. Uh, it's the first game that with those ruler tokens that I've attempted to modify, which I, I think I succeeded in. I haven't messed with the coalition tokens yet, but I did stain the ruler tokens. Ooh. He did, yeah, and they look pretty nice. And Richie went to the trouble of, of doing that, so nice. that's a big deal for someone who has all those minis that are unpainted. <laughs> and will <laughs> remain unpainted <laughs> as well. Uh, but yeah, it fantastic uh art and components i would say and top notch what do you got the iconography i mean how do you feel the iconography works? i think it works really well i mean i think they painstakingly this being a second edition and i haven't played the first edition but i think they painstakingly took that apart and made it as streamlined as possible once you know the game it's pretty easy just to play if you've played a couple times the uh the player aid that comes with the game is pretty thorough i mean it pretty much has Almost everything that you need to know yeah, to play no, the game. Solid, solid uh, player aid. I would definitely say that. Now, Richie, you got this from the rule book. So, how do you feel like the rule book was? It's good. It's a good rule book. The only thing I have an issue with is that, like uh, the like the overthrow rule, 
which they have in there several times. Uh, it says that once a once a tribe is removed, once your last tribe is removed from an area, you'll lose all political cards in that area or vice versa. When you just kind of read through that, you don't, because when they say political card, they're actually talking about the different suits. And we didn't really get into this in the rules explanation, but there's four different suits, uh, pol or political, military, almost like spy and agricultural, I think. Yeah. And, but we just call them by the colors. So you just kind of read past that. You don't really think about it. And that throughout the rule book, there are things that are, they're definitely thematic. They definitely tie into what the game is, but you can kind of easily misunderstand it or, you know what I'm saying? It just kind of gloss over it, not thinking. It's it, no, it, it's definitely the. It is on the player aid too. Yeah, no, yeah, they have the. It's an important rule, and they have it everywhere. But it, like, I almost like it just in parentheses, just put purple. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's true. Just to make it easier when you're reading it, because when I first read that rule book, I, I don't know what you're talking about when you say political card. When you say political, it's almost like when you're using different terms for some of the games and and. And you don't understand what right, the term exactly. means. Yeah, sure. I, I get that. And and that is true because we did have a tough time with that. And then even when we did get that, we didn't do the reverse of it. So like when a card disappeared, we knew to took the tribe out. But when the tribe disappeared, we didn't remember always to take mm -hmm. the card out, which sure. is interesting. Yeah. Was there was there any uh, rules that you uh, messed up on or, or gave wrong to me when we first played it? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. We're not going to get into this. Clef's <laughs> <laughs> a, a little bit sour because uh, I got my own copy of the game after playing a first game with the three of a uh, three of us together and I played with Clef and, and uh, another friend our friend Josh was it uh, Brian oh yeah Brian so we we taught it to Brian and when we read through the rule book and taught about pieces and what has a majority tribes are included in that whether there are army factions or not meaning british afghan or russian army factions or not you can still have a majority in the area if you have a tribe there well richie had watched the playthrough and had gotten a little bit confused and had taught it wrong to clef i guess and clef was very upset and he pouted and he said well yeah sure you're winning if you're playing the game wrong i'm gonna tell richie on you guys i'm gonna tell i was, I was pretty much I could... like there's no way richie got a rule wrong <laughs> it is rare but <laughs> i did receive a call and then when chad read it to me i was like oh no i think chad's right <laughs> i was devastated <laughs> But then I just reminded Clef that, I mean, he had played Great Western Trail 70 times before he, that's, hey, he got all the rules right hey, in that one. That's right. And that's, it's, a, game. it's a new game every time. Game. I like to, you know. You know, when people who really know how to play that game play the strategy. Oh, okay. Sorry. We'll talk about Pax Pamir. Let's talk about Pax Pamir. I think we're ready for gameplay. <laughs> yes, let's move on to gameplay. Uh, Chad, what do you think of the gameplay? So this is a game that I did not expect to like. And I think, Richie, I told you about it at first and said, Richie, you need to get in on this game. This is a Richie game. And yep. he got it. Of course, he got in on the Kickstarter. I did not. But then when I played the game, I was like, wow, I, I like this game. And this isn't traditionally my kind of game because you can really mess with each other. I mean, you can seriously mess with each other. And I, I liked it, though. And it's one of those games where you... You definitely it is it is cutthroat. You are switching sides, and I love how you can do that. There's so much to see in this game. The rules aren't really heavy, but I do not do well in this game because I don't always see everything. I don't see what the dominance is, or I don't see who is moving into an area and what's about to happen next sometimes. And there's a lot to see, even even though I don't think the rules are all that complex 
once you have them. There's just a lot of interaction in really smart ways. And I think that's becoming Cole Worley's hallmark. And I think that's why I love it is that he is saying, okay, Euro gamers, you have these pieces. They're not all yours. You can all be choose to be loyal to the British, and it doesn't matter. You will have to figure out who has the most dominance in that area or who has the most tribes that are loyal to that area you know and and you can you may decide to you know use a spy to overthrow a card basically uh, or betray a card i guess it is or you know you and when you betray that card it could be a totally different faction so then you tuck it under yours and it changes your your alliance basically and finding those huge switches in the game those huge swings are really interesting there are no dice here with this game it's not like root where you where a dice roll can mess you up when you have messed up in this game you kick yourself usually cuz you're like i should have seen that and i didn't see it and that is that is what's beautiful about this game. I know, Clef, for somebody who, who didn't enjoy Cole Worley's previous design of Root, can you talk to us about this particular game? Uh, yeah, we're not talking about Root, right? <laughs> no. Now, certainly, when, I'm, when I hear, okay, this is a war game, and this is, you know, kind of was told that, and obviously the designer of Root, well, I was like, eh, okay, sure, I'll give it a shot, but probably not my cup of tea. Opposite could not be more of the case in this in this situation i love this game i think this is a cool game once again not only when i said how the the arts and component are different but the gameplay is very different it's very it's almost really hard to describe almost where you're you're really having you're playing these cards in your tableau that are you know either moving off these you know these resin pieces of these different countries and you can to start with you can choose whichever one of the countries you want to be but you're you're pulling those off but you're also getting your cylinders off but the the great thing about this game is is you have some say almost in when one of these dominance checks comes into play and you can be looking and saying okay well you know okay if i'm this faction and okay it's dominant Okay, so then I'm going with this strategy of trying to get more influence to to win this dominance check. But all of a sudden, if something is not dominant, then you're just checking on cylinders. So it's almost like this, this give and take that you're doing the whole entire game of, okay, do I need to be worrying about this or that? And I, I just, I dig it. I mean, I dig it and I dig it and I... I, and I told Richie this the other week when we play this as a two-player, I almost even like it best at two-player because I think it's such a chess match of kind of back and forth between the two players about what are you going to do? What am I going to do? Okay, do I need to switch into a different faction? Do I need to switch into your faction? Otherwise, I'm going to lose that. And, you know, we probably didn't go hugely into it, but on your how to win the game, you can win this game either at the end of the game by having the most points, or if there's ever a point when you do a dominance check, if you're ahead by four or more points, you win. And the very first game we played, I somehow snuck in and did, didn't know what the heck I was doing at the time. Well, you kind of um, cheated. I did. <laughs> I didn't cheat. I simply said, oh, wait, I forgot to do this. Two turns <laughs> ago. It was not two turns ago. <laughs> yes, I got so half ago. a turn and <laughs> lucked into winning it. Lucked in. All right, well, I'll go with that. Um, but, you know, that's that's part of the game is, is just all of a sudden you could have something just happen and all of a sudden, boom, you, you know, you've you've hit you've won by that four. So you've really as the other players have to watch out for that. It can be very sudden. Richie, what what 
what was your take on this gameplay? Well, like I said, you, you're the one who kind of turned me on to the game. And after I watched the Heavy Cardboard playthrough where Cole actually taught the game, I, I knew I was going to love the game. Tableau building, it's mean-spirited. Uh, and it, I mean, it's a great blend of tactics and strategy because it's a very tactical game. But I mean, there is definitely some strategy once you've played it enough to know what you're looking for. And like Clef was saying, in a two-player game, I mean, it, it's really... I mean, you almost feel like you're, you know, you got like a big cigar, you're in a smoke-filled room that's over a map, pushing pieces around. It, it's a great game. I absolutely love it. Overall, you just got to get over that hump of playing a few games because the game can end suddenly. It seems like a game that would last way longer than it is. But once you get over, I would say, you know, if you play like three or four games, then you you should be right at that. Yeah. Yeah. It depends on who. I mean, some people are going to pick up on it a little bit more. Right. I, and another thing that I thought was really interesting, you know, we played that four-player game not too long ago with Jake and a friend of his, and his friend didn't score any points for the first three rounds. Oh, yeah. And then if you <laughs> get to the end where then they doubled the points, he ends up tying for the victory. Right, and he almost just won outright. Yeah, it was very, very yeah, close. Yeah, it was very close, outright. yeah. And, uh, it, and I think I was in first for most of that game, and I ended up in third place. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's you're never out of the game, and if you are watching what's happened, because after a successful, we didn't talk about this, after a successful Dominus check, the board resets. So all yeah. the all the, the coalition, basically all the resin pieces come off the board, and then you're starting over, and that's how uh, Jake's friend got back in, because right. then he pushed his faction, his faction out. We and, were all three on the other faction, you know, on a different faction. And yeah. then we had to switch if we were going to right. even compete, because if he would have won that, he would have just and, won outright. And you can't just switch willy-nilly. You've got to have a way to switch. Timing yep. is yeah. big in this game in all things mm -hmm. timing is big as when you want to buy that dominance card from the the card row timing is big when you want to switch and everybody else is in on another faction right. that might might be you know dominant so timing is huge and and you have to play the game a few times to learn what that timing needs to be another thing i will say is you could not enjoy the theme at all think 18xx okay everybody can be in on the same company the same faction right and it's like who it, who has the most share shares in that company they get to control it there's a lot of that in this game too so if you're kind of a uh, a stock market fan this this can fit that in that way as well and 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 there's definitely sort of vying for dominance within the company itself i.e faction so there's a lot of ways to look at this so even if you don't like the flavor text which i think is really interesting on the cards once you get to it i mean actually when you overthrow some cards like when you betray some cards and they flip up and give you what's called the prize they are often you know you're overthrowing an afghan leader and getting a british prize meaning to overthrow that leader helps the british and then you're tucking that into your your dial and getting influence points well and i think one thing for this game for sure you know some people are really going to be enthralled with the theme like i think chad for this i mean that's one of the biggest things out of this game for you is that theme really drips for you and really is something big but yet the gameplay which is my you know I, the theme is i mean this could be you know tinkerbell and mickey mouse and donald duck doing these three things and it wouldn't <laughs> matter to me it's the gameplay that i love so i think that's an interesting thing you know and once again i mean for people who really get into that and like that theme it works for them and that's how i got jessica into the game 
Because when okay. she first saw the pieces, every time I set up a game, she comes down and she's like, "It looks like a lot. I don't know." And then once she, once I, I you know, I said, you know, it's about Afga- you know, Afghanistan and all that. She's she's in because she's she interested in history and yeah. she wants to read the flavor text on the cards. And yeah, it's uh, it's got a lot for everybody. So basically, Tinkerbell, Mickey Mouse, and Donald Duck would not have worked for her. No. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's why I want to play games with Jessica. <laughs> once you learn the backstory and you don't have to but once you learn the backstory you can see the care that cole has taken in the game to make it play a certain way you don't have to to enjoy it but you can see it and it and that's that's just another layer for me that makes it even better now how do you guys feel about the player interaction because it's it's definitely very interactive game and you know i you know i don't like friendly interactions this is definitely not friendly well you know i'm usually maybe a little bit less player interaction in my games I, I mean i like player interaction but i like it like in brass than where you're just trying to get to certain areas first or trying to get something done and you know that is usually my cup of tea but in this game it's just it's just the right amount there's just the right amount of ooh, i can mess you up by doing this or i can you know i can do this or i mean the really huge things i mean you like if you knock somebody out of a certain region or something and then they've got to lose all their cards I mean, oh boy, that can be you know yeah, pretty it's bad. Be tough. Or you can even do fun things like that one time when I got I bought that one event card and Chad had just bought two new cards. He's all excited for his next <laughs> turn, and I just switched hands with him uh, cards with him, which I had zero and he had two, and now he has zero and I have two, and then he's sitting there looking all downtrodden. <laughs> and as much as that sucked, I will say that the great thing about this game for me, it is my Lay's or my Pringles game. Where I never want to play just one. I want to play again. This game goes quick enough for me uh, at the lower player counts that I always want to play again. And it like I played a two-player game with my friend Brian, and I got there was a there was one of those event cards that I bought that said you only had to be two pieces ahead to have a oh, dominant. Yeah. Yep. And I the turn was over like in four turns because I had bought that card. I had just had it set just right. And the and the dominance card came out and I was able to buy it. And boom, the game was over. So, I mean, it can literally go that yeah, quick. Yeah, especially in a two-player game. It, and yeah. with those, you just shuffle up and deal again. Right. And yeah. that's exactly what we did. We just started the game, new game. And you know what this reminds me of in some ways, just as we're talking about it? This reminds me, and forgive me for a second, but this reminds me, maybe Richie, you'll go in on me, uh, go in on this with me. It reminds me of a Chudik game there are there is swinginess in the cards sometimes now there's other stuff that you have to pay attention to but you can get a card that works for you it comes out you get into your tableau and you go oh my gosh i can do this i i don't know if they see this but i can do this can i do it okay i'm buying it I'm, I'm gonna sit with it in my hand for a turn can i do this oh my gosh they still haven't discovered that i have this i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it i did it you know and and there there is there are those kind of quick combos that you can kind of pull off in this game because it is swingy but not in ways that feel unfair and you just you play again yeah no i would definitely agree a lot of times you are looking around and like and then all of a sudden you realize it's like oh crap clef can win like if a dominance check card comes out mm-hmm. clef's gonna win this game so (laughs) either you want to stop buying cards out of the market to slow down the game or you know in clef's case you may want to start purchasing more cards out of the market just to get it going so yeah or and we talked about where you have the four different factions on your turn and you know not going too much in the rules but you take the two actions but you also get free actions depending on what favor favorite suit is yeah the favorite suit is and 
if you also have it on the favoritude of the military, the red one, then all the cards in the market become double. So sometimes it's like, oh, if I can get it there, that's going to stop that other player up because instead of now spending three or four dollars to get to a card, they'd have to spend, you know, six or eight dollars to get to a card. And obviously that's really tough, especially with the closed economy in this yeah. game. That favored suit idea is where you can get a lot of combos going in too. If you have a particular suit in your tableau and you can buy cards out of the market that will change that that suit to the favored suit then you're going to get a whole bunch of combo actions and that feels good in this game too but let's let's talk about player count because you alluded to it and i i think you guys have played at more varied player counts than i have this has a solo variant and i unfortunately did not get a chance to play at the solo variant but uh i think we've covered two through four right has anybody played five no. No, we didn't get to five, okay. unfortunately. But two through four, what do you guys have? Clef, you said two. Is that your favorite player count? It's it's a nice way to play it. I don't necessarily say that I would be my favorite. Ah, it's tough. I The only thing that I'll say when you get into more players is it's a little bit harder to keep track of everything that's going on. Especially like, you know, like whoever's sitting across from you or whatever, because you're not involved necessarily sometimes with like moving your spy. Well, you can still get your spies over there, but it's just going to take longer. It's going to take. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you first play them, I mean, you could hop them over there if they have the same. Right. Card but if you got to march over there. Right. But it's harder to keep track of everything. Where in a two player game, it's very easy to keep track of exactly what everybody has. And and even and so in a three player game, I'm not sure that I'd want to play this five player because it would be a lot of stuff to keep track of. I definitely want to try it five player for sure. I cuz I really enjoyed the I really enjoyed it at 4. I, I enjoyed the 4 more than I thought I was going to enjoy the 4. I'll tell you that much. And it, like I said it it's a game that it seems like it's going to go longer than it does and in the end will sneak up on you. Yeah. So yeah, I, I definitely want to try it five. I like it all player counts that I've played it at so far and I I have played the solo. The solos uh you just have a an AI deck that you flip over. It's kind of like uh, Gaia Project but you know, not as complicated of a deck where you flip over and then the back side of the card and then the front side of the card will tell you what the AI is going to do. But yeah, stuff. I would I would I'll play it at any player count. The yeah. fourth was four players was probably my favorite play. Hmm. So I played at two and three, and I would pick three. But again, I'll say two was an enjoyable experience. It was just a different game. Uh, I I definitely enjoyed it. I wouldn't. I don't like it any less. But if you if you gave me my druthers, I think I I guess I'd rather play it at three because there's just a little more going on. And we didn't talk about this, but there's room for negotiation with this game too. You can you can slightly well it does encourage it in the rules, right? It does, and I mean we just haven't. I don't think we've run into a situation where because if you are the ruler of a region, then in order for other people to play cards of that region, they have to they're going to have to pay you based on how many tribes you have there. Uh, and if you have one of your spies on someone's card, they're going to have to pay you based on the number of spies you and you have the majority on that they're gonna have to pay you to use that card um now the paying you to use the card that definitely came up more but you can negotiate the price but it just seems like i i mean i almost always i'm taking all the money i i've never heard anybody say sure i'll take less money for any reason i could see it if it's going to benefit you like they're going to like let's say you are the player that is trying to keep everything fragmented because you have most of your cylinders out and someone's going to play a card that's going to get a faction caught back up i could see that where you may either waive the fee or lower it or or if you just need a a coin like if you just need one coin you have two tribes there you may say well give me a coin then because i need it for my turn but yeah there there are some edge cases i think and it just comes with this game comes with deep 
gameplay. It's sort of like when everybody oh. at the table can yeah. really manage and know what's going on and see all the facets. Then you can go, well, two turns from now, I can see that you're going to need this and this. So how about I'll let you come by with this if you don't take this from me. Right. Yeah. I, I believe I've played this seven or eight times so far. Scratching the surface is what I would say so far. I yeah, definitely. So much more to explore, so much more to try out, and so many other different things that I'm like, ooh, I wonder if, you know, if we kind of did this, could I, you know, lots and lots of room to still grow and learn in this game for sure. Yeah, I, I do think that this does suffer from what I would call the key flower problem where, again, I love how it's not like Seven Wonders where to the right and to the left is the only player you can affect. You can put your spies way out on somebody's card that's far away from you and march them around the cards with a certain action and betray or destroy their cards essentially. You can still do that, but the key comes in being able to read everybody's card around the table and what they do or even be reminded of it. So the more players you have at the table, the harder that is. And that is the problem with five players to me. But three or... I haven't played four, but three is definitely preferable to me and four i'd love to try too all right so what about replayability and variability how about uh you clef let's talk about variability as you guys can all see right now i'm holding up two fingers that is a very big stick oh no no one can see that out there <laughs> um what there's like a hundred plus cards in this game maybe a lot of I, cards. I don't know there's a ton of cards and you only play with a certain amount you know depending on the number of players each game so the game is always going to be different uh you know you can't wait for a certain like patriot to come out i mean because they may not be there I, the right. only thing and even the event cards you know those are mixed up and have different ones so besides the dominance cards that's the only thing that you can count on for sure everything else is going to be different and I mean, it all depends on who took what faction and who's there and what they might take this. So that is completely different every single game. And I think I just talked about it just a second ago. Replayability is out the roof. I mean, this game, I feel like I could play 20 more times and I still feel like I'm going to get something out of it and and just really enjoy that gameplay. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree. The, you, you have a huge stack left over after you set up the game. And like you said, the event cards, there's more event cards in you're going to need in the game and as far as replayability this was one of the easiest games for me to get plays in for a review i mean we try to get at least three for our baseline i have nine plays i just checked and i mean i could have easily gotten another nine plays in especially if i'm playing a two-player uh, both are great for me what about you chad i just told you i think i every time i play this game i want to play it again i've had six or seven plays and i have to check but six or seven plays of this game easily easily and i have not been able to get <laughs> certain games i mean other than pick up sticks to the table very easily lately <laughs> so uh, i will say it, it 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 has a lot of replayability for me and the variability i mean like i said it feels to me and again there are a lot of other moving parts to this game but one of the things that's attractive is the way that the cards work and the synergies and the swinginess and how quick it plays and in that way it feels like a chudda game in that i want to play that over because the way the cards come out and the way you can collect those cards really change the game and so yeah variability is is there for me there aren't you know, a ton of cards with a ton of expansions. Now, he did include what was called the Kyber Pass in the in this version, which was addition originally a an expansion to the first edition. But 
or Kyber Knives, I think was what it was called. But anyway, that could be more cards included in this. But it just feels like some some games will say, oh, yeah, after a couple more plays, I'm tired of it. I don't see that happening anytime soon. All right, fellas. Well, I think we've talked enough. How about we rate this thing? So in Punchboard Paradise, we rate on a six-point scale with a one being a game that makes you miserable and a six being a game that could make your top ten of all time. Let's start with Chad. This was not a game I expected to like. I knew Richie would like it, but I didn't know how I would feel about it. I was excited to to play it because I love the idea of Cole Worley's designs. I love the way he approaches games and the way he thinks about games. And I love the way that he says, hey, Eurogamers, I want to teach you something. Get out of your own head. I, I really like that. And this game does that in a variety of ways. I think it's a really smart design. I will say... I'm out of my comfort zone with this game, but that's okay. And that's I know that's kind of what he wanted to do. So I'm going to give this game a high five. It is not in my top 10 games of all time, but I'm going to keep playing it. And if it, I keep playing it, I could see it approaching a six. But because it's not yet in my comfort zone, it's going to be a five for me with potential to climb. How about you, Clef? As I've kind of alluded to this entire review, I like this game a lot. I mean, this really was a surprise for me also. I, I really hadn't thought anything about it. Uh, it was just one of those things where, hey, let's play this game, okay? And By the designer of Root. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but, you know, all kidding aside, I really could care less of who the designer is. I, you know, I'm willing to try a game, and if it's something that, uh, you know, is interesting, and this, obviously, the first time I looked at this game, it's different. You know, I said that to start with, and the first time I played it, it's so interesting of, I mean, it's a Euro game with an extra flavor in there that I'm not quite sure what it is. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's uh, it's like you're drinking a, a drink or something. You're like, what is that flavor? It's something different in there, but yet it, it tastes good. And I really, and no question, 100% solid five for me. This game will be in my top 10 for the year. It is that good. I, I really, really like it. I, I love games that challenge, you know, give me that challenge in my brain of, okay, if I'm going to do this, are they going to do this? And then I've got to do this. Or if I do this, will they do? And I, that's what I love about this game and very good to see, you know and i feel like i'm really using my brain in it and that's what i really really like about it excellent design i mean people get out there and try this game because it is different but in a really 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 good way so yes high five richie finish us off like chad said he kind of turned me on to the game and i was not even it wasn't on my radar just i I have not played a pax game and i had no you know previous experience with the pax series so it just was not something i was looking at but it is very much in my comfort zone it is a game that uh i've talked about this in the past where i like engine builders or tableau builders that just get going i don't want to sit there and slowly build this machine that's going to run like just a big behemoth i want it to be fast quick and just get to the point and uh this definitely does this cole uh he's two for two for me with this and root i do like this more than root i will say that i would say that this definitely has a chance to make my top 10 of all time so it is a six for me wow wow all right <laughs> well there you have it fellow punch bunch that is pax Pamir from cole whirly and whirly gig games clef gives it a five chad gives it a five and richie gives it a six, six. now it is time for punch board 
previous plays with Merlin. guild our board game geek guild at 3227 we had some responses about this game first carlos martinez said we've played it quite a few times on a scale of one to six i would give it a high four maybe 4.7 the arthur expansion gives you far more ways to mitigate your dice rolls which i think is necessary it however leads to some serious ap you can see people counting to themselves trying to figure out whether to move merlin or arthur now or later could lead to some very long games otherwise i think it's my favorite feld after burgundy certainly one of the best looking felds Tim Smith also said, Merlin has been a staple in my gaming with my wife. I love the colors on the table and six or seven out of the 10 game plays. I played it with the Arthur expansion for the first time this week. The expansion brought the gameplay to a nine, and I feel it fixed some problems from the base game. I felt the luck of the black flag was a letdown on the base game. Someone getting two or three attacks of the same color was a blessing for that player. All they had to do was get a black flag to get rid of said attack. The other thing the Arthur expansion fixed was the map play. I am not a fan of Castles of Burgundy, so Merlin could be my favorite Feld. It could be Merlin with Arthur or Bruges. Wow. Okay, well... It's a bold statement, Tim. Bryce Journey, one of our local listeners also from Out of the Dust Podcast, also said... He says, of all the Felds released in recent years, Merlin feels like the most Feldian of the bunch. It's got all the classic elements, point salad, external threat, and interesting action selection mechanism. Arthur is a solid expansion that improves on the Rondell action options, and I'm just looking forward to the variable player powers expansions coming out soon. It probably just sneaks into my top 10 Feld games overall. Figuring out the best way to use my dice on the Rondell is a very satisfying exercise in adaptive strategy. All right. Well, there was a lot of talk in there about the Arthur expansion, which Clef, you own and have played. I I own it. Richie, do you own it? I do not own it, but I have played it. Okay. All right. Well, I'd like to hear from both of you about how you how you feel about it. Clef, let's let's go to you first. You last rated this game a five. Where would you put it now? And what do you think about the Arthur expansion? Well, first of all, I mean, it sounds like at least uh, the people that commented on their guild they're really still are enjoying Merlin. It's still a really good game for them, and they like that Arthur expansion. Um, I liked the Arthur expansion. I don't know if it was just the fact that I played this game a ton when I first started playing. I mean, I I, I bet you I played this sucker 20 times because I was playing it and teaching it to everybody. I still really enjoy this game. I think the Arthur expansion makes it good. I don't know if I want to say it makes it much, much better, but I think it it's, it's good. I think they fixed a couple of the issues with the flags. That definitely was better. And I like the addition of them fixing the fact that uh, you have to pull off your things except for one on the... Uh, on the manor. On the manors. You know, I think they did a few things things that I really, really liked about it. I, too, am looking forward to those player powers. I just don't know if I want to spend 25 bucks on those player powers for a game that... I, I hate to say this. I still think it's a good game. But if I was probably rated today, I think I probably would go at a four. I don't think it quite hit my top ten of the year last year. I think it. there were some other games that I just realized I, I liked a lot better. Um, yeah, I think I might drop it to a four. Okay, so Merlin falls to a four for Clef. Richie, what do you have to say about this game a year on? Well, I mean, I think I was definitely lower uh, than uh, you two. I gave it a four ultimately, but I was almost about to give it a three. Um, the 
the Arthur expansion, it just added too much time for what the game is for me. I, I like the expansion. I like what it does. I do agree that I, the, the flags definitely fix it. Um, I had it on pre-order, but uh, I ended up canceling my pre-order of it just because I don't know how often I'm going to get the game out, period. And I mean, honestly, since Clef has it and it's still on his normal shelf, it's not on his cell shelf, I might move <laughs> mine to my cell shelf. <laughs> so it's not a bad game. It's just It's just not a game that it doesn't excite me. I don't. Like, I never think of it when we're looking for games to play, you know, even with Jessica. And Jessica, you know, she likes Castles of Burgundy. She likes those dice rolling games and the dice mitigation games like that. And it it has not hit the table at at our house, even though I have a copy of it. So uh, for me, I think I'm going to come down to a three because it's definitely a game that I would play if someone set it out. But I'm not going to go out of my way to play it. And I may not be owning it here pretty soon. Okay. What about you, Chad? So this is a game that I've played it a couple times with Steph. Because I know that uh, Stefan Feld games, usually I can get played with, with my wife. But she did not like this game very much. She suffers from AP, I'll be honest. And like we've talked about, this game can really induce it. And she's conscious of it and didn't enjoy it for that reason. There's just too much for her to track. And, and she feels self-conscious about it when she plays. I like the game. I will still play the game, and I, I think I'll still own the game, but I am I feel bad about this, but I'm going to come down too. I'm going to come down to a four. I had originally rated it a wow. five, and I'm going to come down to a four too, because even if I look at it within the pantheon of Feld's other games, I put this in the middle of the pack. Uh, so I've got to give it a four, and uh, so we all lowered our score oh, for this one. Interesting. Now, Richie, I mean, if you had to rate it compared to Forum Trajanum, where would Merlin rank? No, stop. <laughs> Higher. <laughs> For sure. Goodness gracious. Oh, that's yeah. the fun. All right. Well, we really enjoyed having people interact with us on the Guild. If you want to interact with us, please sign up and join our Guild, because we'll be doing more of these lookbacks, of course, within the year as we go. So hit up our Guild 3227. Clef, I think you've got a little announcement for us to, uh, to end things. Yeah. I do, and this is just a, a real quick shout out that I want to do. My friend Michael Kolakowski, um, he is running an event coming up here on August 10th. So this is really obviously for the local listeners here that are in town, either here in Omaha or or Lincoln or in the outskirts here. Um, it's on August 10th, and it's going to start at like 11 a.m. and it's going to basically go all day and late into the night. And it's an event called Play It Forward, and it's it's for pedestrian safety now a lot of people might think well that's kind of a weird thing to have an event for but what happened is and i'm not going to go into a lot of detail here but uh michael's wife jackie uh she was riding her bike and got hit by you know a driver in an automobile and really did some pretty bad damage and that's uh you know it's kind of a scary thing and a lot of times i know myself when i'm driving i don't think a lot about you know, other bicyclists or uh, pedestrians. Now I live in a city that I don't, you know, have a lot of pedestrians, but it is a serious thing that we definitely want to think about. So if that is something that uh, is interesting to you, this is going to be a great event that's going to be running. It's going to be held in uh, Papillion, Nebraska, which is just a suburb of Omaha. Um, Or if it's something that's interesting to you, maybe you don't live here and you would just like to help donate. um, That's something certainly I'll give you the website here that you can go to. They're going to be doing some 
some giveaways there, some bike helmets and different other things to do with safety. There's going to be some uh, local law enforcement that are going to be there kind of talking about things. Uh, but they're going to have some food. They're going to have drinks. Uh, they're even going to have some uh, adult beverages. So you can go out and have some good time. They're going to be running demos. So if, maybe if you got a friend who maybe is not really big into board games, this might be a nice day to just go out and have some fun. Uh, they're going to do some tournaments. So a lot of good things. So you just have to go to the uh, the website you can go to is Play It Forward. So it's P-L-A-Y-I-T-F-W-D-E-X-P-O. So Play It Forward Expo. And that's at dot org so a dot org so yeah so definitely go check it out um it's real cheap for a ticket just to hang out and have a good time lots and of board gaming happening lots there. and lots of board games like i said there's gonna be some tournaments i think they're having a uh, a, a splendor tournament and a star realm so some good fun just easy games and they're going to be doing demos for people who maybe never played games uh, this is a great cause and i mean this should and hey a day that I can say, hey, I'm going to go play board games and there'll be a good reason for it. I usually don't need that, but I'll take that excuse any day. That's right. Cool. Well, and listeners, keep in mind, if you want to meet up with Clef at Gen Con, he will be there. So we've already stated where you can contact us for that. And if you're local again, you can also come to Gen Cant this that next weekend uh, here in Omaha at the game shop. They're also doing one in Bellevue, but uh, the punch boarders will be at the Omaha store. So come check that out too. That being said, we really appreciate you. We like you. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Hey, everybody. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. 